It's time for another great episode of the Geekly Speaking Podcast, your weekly peek into the world of gaming geeks. Grab your controllers and hold them high as we welcome the host of the show, the Big Geek. All right, thanks everybody, and thank you, Francine. Now, I am the Big Geek, and joining me tonight is a man who needs no introduction, but I will anyway. He is a banker by day, but by night, he is the voice of the Faded Words podcast. Welcome to the show, Dave. Hey, what's going on? Oh, nothing much. Just, you know, excited to uh, do a little NES talk, but I don't want to blow it just yet. (laughs) <laughs> Let's forget I even said that. I do have to ask you, though, because mm-hmm. we didn't talk about it last week at all in the episode. How is the renovation coming? Are you getting even closer now? Uh, I'm really curious. Yes. We are in the home stretch. The uh, Well, we've got the two projects, the renovation and then the memorial thing we're doing for my grandpa, mm-hmm. um, who passed last winter. The, the memorial thing, all the concrete's poured, all the, you know, the bench we're doing is installed. The special plaque we had engraved, all of that's installed. It's under a tarp. All we have left is we're planting. It's really cool, kind of. We got these rose bushes that have been in my dad's planted in his front yard, but he's got a lot of pine trees, so they don't really, the ground's too acidic. They're not taking off. They've been there forever. Okay. And these these rose bushes have actually, they came over with some distant, like, aunt or something of my dad's who brought them over from Germany. I mean, generations ago wow and they've been planted up you know different offshoots planted up everything else that's and cool so we're taking those we got to plant those up at the uh on the corners of where the the memorial are so when you're sitting on the bench you'll have these rose bushes on one on each side in front of you and then do some kind of landscaping work crushed rock and stuff around the slab we did and all that then that one's done that should be done within a few days here and then um the house, uh, we're in the home stretch. Just got to install the flooring and then uh, basically repaint what we had painted already once because we had to go in and fix some other stuff. So we had to sand through some of the paint jobs. So basically repaint, put the flooring in, paint the trim, and we're done. So home stretch, I'm hoping within, well, by the time you're hearing this, by the end of this week, I'm hoping it's all finished. That'd be awesome. Now, you already got the next project planned? No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to just roll right into the next one, huh? Nope. No more projects. Uh, <laughs> as October winds up, I'm spending as much time in the woods as I can, and then it's hunting season. So I'm going off the grid until about December, and then I'll think about any any future projects at that point. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into our first segment. What did you play this week? Okay, so this week I was feeling very nostalgic for computer role-playing games. We've talked mm-hmm. about this before in past episodes. I love, uh, and that was when I first started playing RPGs was on the PC. A lot of people, it was consoles just because that's what they had. Mm-hmm. But I started on the PC and then I went on to consoles like Dragon Warrior and stuff. But yeah. I remember some just fantastic ones, like the Wizardry series. And yeah. another one that was, I bought this game twice, just so you know. It was called Lands of Lore, The Throne of Chaos. This game was amazing. And both the Wizardry series and this game, they're sort of the same. They're What they are is they're a first-person dungeon crawler. But the screen mm-hmm. th- that you're actually playing in 
doesn't take up the full screen. You have all your stats on the side. You have little icons of your characters, and then you click on them to do like the actions, like either attack or spells, or to go into the inventory, etc., like that. So it's the screen is not even a third of the screen is the actual graphic gameplay and mm. its menus all along the side. But it is so great if you're into role playing games. Yeah. Now, Lands of Lore, the Throne of Chaos, I bought twice. And the reason why is I originally bought it. Again, all these games that I'm talking about here, the Wizardry series and Lands of Lore, these were all on discs, the three and a half inch discs. <laughs> the hard <laughs> yeah, ones, the not the floppies, school. you know, the hard. The- yeah, oh, okay, okay. Lands of Lore, the Throne of Chaos re released on CD ROM when CD ROMs first came out. And I remember I had a a two-times CD-ROM. It would For the kids out there that don't know what CD-ROMs on computers were like, when the first ones came out, they spun at basically a real time. It was one X. For whatever you were doing, it would take full time to do it. Then they came out with 2X, which, which was the first one I actually got. I never got the 1X one. The 2X one where it, it spun faster and it got the data off mm-hmm. faster. Well, Lanzalore re-released on CD and the game was... Exactly the same, but they enhanced all of the sounds. The sound effects, of course, the music was full CD quality. And it was such a huge step up that I had to get that. So I I basically played that game twice. (laughs) And the reason why I'm saying all of this here is because I was feeling very nostalgic, like I said, for uh, this type of game. And I'm like, okay, I know I have games like this that I've played recently. One of them was Legends of Grimrock 2, which I got on a Steam sale on the PC. Uh, And I I did a, uh, back in the Digital Soup days, I did a first play series. uh, And I think, do we still have that channel? The YouTube channel with all our videos on it? uh, Yeah, Yeah, I think think we we do. do. I might have to link that up in the show notes. Uh, But it's it's a great game and it, it really brings that feeling of those classic games to the modern era with, of course, the updated graphics and stuff. But I wanted to play it easier. And you know me and my iPad. You know I love playing iPad games. (laughs) So I purchased Legends of Grimrock, this first one, on iPad. Now, uh, of course, it's a little bit different. Uh, Legends of Grimrock 2, actually, you were outside a little bit also, not just in the dungeons. Where this one is strictly dungeons. And, oh, it is so fun. It, It plays just like those old games there. And I am having a blast. I play a little bit every night before I go to bed, and I've done that like three or four nights in a row, and it's 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 great fun. So if you enjoy this type of gaming, this type of classic RPG gaming, you definitely have to check this out. Yeah, I think the one you had done the first play, I might have been the second one because I remember you were out on a beach. And yeah, like yep, that's definitely the second crab one. Monsters or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun, fun, fun game. So what did yeah. you play this week? Well. I, I was feeling nostalgic as well. So I've been spending a little bit of time, not that I've had much free time, but uh, I've been yeah. jumping into some of the classic NES games. And so oh, I wonder why mostly, <laughs> well, yeah, right. I, I wanted a refresher, but mostly this week I split time, two very similar games, um, but very different at the same time. I spent time playing Double Dragon 2, The Revenge, okay, which was on the NES Mini Classic. And then as I was playing that, it was fun and I was enjoying it, but I kind of just had that itch and I jumped over to Super Seas of Contra. And okay, yeah, we're talking in putting in some time, yeah, with Contra. And that game was, it's maddening to me at this point because <laughs> it's all memorization. 
Oh, okay. You know, it's, yeah. it's formulaic. There's no surprises, no alternating of when enemies come. They always come the same place, same time, fire the same shots. You'd think, as an adult, knowing that, you'd pick up on that the first time or two through it and, and be like, oh, okay, yep, jump, jump, duck here, da 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 da, whatever. Man, I, I struggled for, no joke, it was like an hour and a half just to clear the first board. And I'm like, I remember playing this as a kid, and yeah, it was tough, but I remember beating this game and fly, you know, renting it and playing it through weekend, just flying through it. Why can I not do this now? But it, it was fun, but it, it also was a, a great reminder of how much gaming has changed and, and really, you know, went from the, the strict memorization of, this happens now this happens now and just trying to get into the rhythm of it all versus today playing something like say the witcher or whatever where it's all ai generated randomized whatever it is yeah i I think a little bit of it too is when we originally were playing these games and we joke about this that we're older now but our reflexes are way (laughs) different now (laughs) so so that that is i think a big part of it because i remember completing Ghosts and Goblins on the NES, but I remember it being hard as heck. Yeah. If I was to try to play that today, oh, yeah. I don't even know if I'd be able to get through a couple of boards. I I, I bet you it just it would be yeah, too frantic for me. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I know it's not the what was the one that was out on the SNES? Uh, Super and Girls and Ghosts. Sequel to that, it wasn't. Yeah. Was it that? Yeah, one it was, was Super uh, Ghosts and Goblins I've, was I've, the eight bit, and then Super Ghouls and Ghosts was the sequel, and it was also on the Sega Genesis. Right. Which it was a better copy, I think. <laughs> it could be, yeah. And I remember that as a kid being hard, and that is on the um, the SNES Classic, Mini Classic, whatever it's called. And I have fired that up a time or two, and it is ridiculous. So I quickly turned it off. <laughs> yeah, those games, they were hard. <laughs> uh, still are hard. Yeah. I wonder if... Uh, yeah. Now, you've said your son has played a little bit of the classic gaming. Does he find mm-hmm. them harder than modern games? Well, he doesn't really... I don't let him play anything modern. He's played on my Switch, and he's jumped in and and played some... What was the Lego game that was kind of like GTA, but Lego uh, version? Open I know exactly what you're talking Vice, about. Not not Vice no. City, but um, Lego something. I can't remember. Lego City Undercover? Could be something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And that one, he's played and, and rock and rolled through it and had fun with it. When he plays these the classic games... He gets bored really fast, <laughs> you know, and he it's like and he doesn't even have a lot of experience playing like modern consoles, not even like PS3 or anything that I have. And even so, he's seen enough YouTube videos or whatever that he just doesn't get sucked into these games as mm. much, you know, and he'll he'll jump in, play for a while. And, and you know, he's also at that age, too, where he he, he reads and, he, you know, he can read and stuff, but he doesn't. He's still young and he's, he doesn't love it. And so anything where you've got to read to understand what's going on, he wants no part. So RPGs right now is definitely not his forte. No, exactly. And I thought I could maybe hook him because it's, what, Final Fantasy 3, I believe. Uh, Well, there's the original Final Fantasy. The NES. uh, The NES classic. And then I think it's Final Fantasy 3 on the SNES. And both of those I've tried to get him involved in. And he's kind of like, eh, whatever. They're okay, but what, what does it say? You just read it to me. It says. Uh, <laughs> and he doesn't want want to deal with it. So, All right. Well, you know what? I want to, since we're talking about a bunch of NES games here, let's go ahead and jump into this here. Now, mm-hmm. we both loved the original NES. Dave loves it so much, he had to buy the mini console. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> even after he had his uh, Raspberry Pi Retro Pi little thing, he's still like, I still got to buy it. Mm-hmm. Yep. The NES came out in 1985, and this was the revitalization of the video game industry here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody remembers Atari, and I mean, there's some great shows. There's a, a show right now on Netflix. I believe it's called Game Over, and I believe the first episode covers the rise and fall of Atari and the video game industry and literally how, I mean, people have said it's E.T. brought down Atari 2600. No, it's it's called High Score. Oh, High Score. Thank you for correcting me there. Uh, I've watched the first, I think, two episodes. The second one, I believe, was the NES one. Yeah. But it, it did. I mean, that game, basically, it burned so many parents buying this game for their kids, returning this game. This game is probably one of the most returned games of all time, even until today. <laughs> Just, oh, what was it? It was a year or two ago. They went out to, oh, where did they say they buried all these copies? It was in Mexico, wasn't it? Uh, in so- uh, Mexico, New Mexico, somewhere in the desert. Yes, I something like that. And they went out there and they dug. There was a group that wanted to see if they really were, and they did. They pulled up unopened boxes of E.T., of course, crushed and dirty and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and a bunch of other games were in there, too. But uh, uh, Atari literally went and buried all these E.T. cartridges. It wasn't a myth. It wasn't just a an old wives' tale. It really happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So I do have to ask you, uh, was the NES, Mm -hmm. was it your first console? Yep, my first. Well, technically, I guess not, because we did have like uh, the the Commodore 64, but we didn't have any actual games with it. We just went in and played with like the coding and typing stuff. So I had a system, but technically, yeah, technically this, I count this as my first system, but technically the second. It's it's a great system, be it your first or your second. My first was the Atari 2600. This was leaps and bounds, you know, beyond what that Atari 2600 could do. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just, you know, graphically, audibly, uh, man, the... The little beep, burp, burp, burp that you would get on the Atari 2600 <laughs> was full-on 8-bit synthesized music, and it was right. just awesome on the NES. Yep. Granted, you can't compare it to anything from today, but it still holds a, a great piece of my heart. Uh, now, the intro music for this show, that's some 8-bit music, man. Uh, you mm-hmm. got to love it. You, you, just, yeah. you have to enjoy the classics. We love modern gaming. We all play you know, modern games on our PC, on our Xboxes, Playstations, whatever version we have. But we, we all love it. But, you know, you got to go back to the classics, and it is amazing. I know Dave, he has a Switch now, and he mm-hmm. has a great library of Super NES and NES games on yeah. there. How often do you dive into those? You know, not as often as I should. My my son has kind of hijacked the Switch from me a little bit. So he's <laughs> he's working his way through some Lego game right now, but... Okay. Um, I, I jump in, I've been splitting when I jump in there, I split my time mostly into Zelda's Breath of the Wild right now, but every mm-hmm. now and then yeah, just yeah, want something game. a little different. So I'll, I'll hop over and, uh, check out some of the retro stuff for a few minutes here and there. Am I correct here that Zelda Breath of the Wild is your first Zelda that you've really dove into? Well, beside, I mean, I spent a little time, I used to rent 
the original Legend of Zelda. Oh, you on, did? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know uh, if you had actually even played that one. Yeah, and I, I remember we'd rented a few, you know, a, few, a handful of times rented it and played it a little bit, but never spent enough time to do much with it. You know, you, at that at that age, it was like something different. We'd rent that and something else because it looked interesting and it had that awesome gold, you know, cartridge. And it's yeah. like, oh, we got to get this. And then we played for a little bit and it was much slower paced than what I normally played. So mm-hmm. I I set it aside because I was younger and, and opt for something else most times. So <laughs> Breath of the Wild is the one I've put the most time into by far. Yeah, and it's it is an amazing game. Now mm-hmm. I have been a long time RPG player. Yeah, I've been I, I played it way back in the DOS days. Um, hmm. uh, Ultima Online, uh, online. Yeah. Oh my goodness, DOS days online, really. <laughs> uh, Ultima Underworld was a fantastic game. It was a it was a first person dungeon crawler. It yep. was fantastic, and I played that back in the DOS days. There was a bunch of them, and this game was just amazing on the NES. I loved it. I yeah. I played it to death. Zelda 2 came out, played that to death. I have played every Zelda on every single console, even all the handhelds, <laughs> um, all the way through Breath of the Wild. Now, sure. I have not completed all of those. I have not completed a single Zelda after the Super NES. Oh, I really? I played them all. I never completed any of the N64 ones. Mm. I just, I don't know, the, the massive adventures. I would get into them, I would love them, and then I just I couldn't devote the time to actually yeah. completing them because during that time, that you know, the N64 time was when Dave and I met. <laughs> we were, you know, me and my friends, Dave and our friends, we were all right. about the four player sports and the wrestling and yep. the racing. That's what we did. I just didn't have time to sit there and no. play ocarina of time when i had six people here like dude i want to wrestle dude i want to play some football uh so right yeah zelda zelda's a great game and i wish i could have you know played some of those other ones to completion but you know i'm so happy that i at least got to play three of them for sure through to, yeah. uh, to completion but hey let's get back to the nes here specifically <laughs> yeah right now the NES launched in the United States on October eighteenth, nineteen eighty-five, and Dave and I were kind of throwing some numbers around here. Now, when this launched, I was fourteen. How old were you again, Dave? Eighty-five. I'd have been seven. Whoa, this and guy's I young. <laughs> I would have just turned seven, like just a couple months before that, if it launched in October. Yeah. A little bit of history for me here, because this was the last video game console that my parents ever bought for me and my brother. Wow. They bought us Atari 2681, and then they bought us this, and it wasn't even in 85. I think it was probably Christmas 86. Sure, sure. Um, so, you know, this is the last one that I ever got for free. All the other ones starting with the Sega Genesis and up, I had to buy. You but didn't have any speak- other ones like? just fall off the back of a truck or nothing. Oh, that would have been awesome, man. Some guy <laughs> selling them out of his trunk or something. Yeah. But nope, uh, definitely not. Uh, now, this launched at a price of $180. Yeah. And I know what you're thinking, Dave. I know what you're thinking. That's wow, 180 Yeah. It's like I can't even get the Switch right now for 180 and that's like four <laughs> years old. Right. Um, But, you know, got a little thing called inflation, right? Yeah. Little thing called inflation. And in 2019 dollars, that 180 is $428. What? My parents bought me a $428 <laughs> console well, and some games? Yeah, what? that's that's the crazy thing because it really is right in line with like a, a PS4 right now. Exactly. I mean, everybody is 
balking at what the PS5, they're saying it might be five to six hundred dollars. Right. You got to think the time, you know, where we're at 2020, mm-hmm. it's going to launch at the end of this year. If it's 500, 550, et cetera, mm-hmm. that is not far off from a console that one little chip on that PS5 is the whole entire NES, probably. Yeah, right. Uh, Technology wise, the, the <laughs> PS5 is going to be a beast of a machine. Yeah. You see those new Are, graphic update screenshots they were showing off? Oh, well, I've seen a lot of the Xbox Series X new mm-hmm. games, but I haven't seen any on the PS5 actually. Yeah, they just they just released something. I think it was using the Unreal Engine, and okay. you know it, this was just a day or two ago as we're recording this, and it literally looks. It, it's very hard to distinguish it from a real photo. Now they they've done this bait and switch before. They did it with well, the PS3, the true. PS4, etc. And it turns out that those are 100% cutscenes. Right, could uh, be. They're yeah, I don't know. Teasing us. Yeah. Now we should be able to get to the point now in 2020 with this technology to where the game is so realistic that of course you're hitting that uncanny valley, you know, area <laughs> yeah. at that point. But it should be so realistic. Now take a look at a game that we've been playing a lot of. Again, this isn't mm-hmm. retro. Uh, well, I guess it well, could kind be seven of, years yeah, old. What, yeah. But GTA Five. Yep. That game has some fantastic graphics. I love just driving around, running around in mm-hmm. that game, just looking at the art, how they created all these buildings and alleys, and mm-hmm. just everything looks fantastic. And I linked up uh, a little bit ago. Uh, there's a fan-made mod. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. I could look it up here real fast. But anyway, it even made it more hyper-realistic. And I'm just wondering, what is 6 going to be like? What right. is GTA 6 going to look like? I mean, I know I don't have the hardware for it. Right. Even Dave with his, you know, 12 threads and stuff, probably. <laughs> he, he might have to run this on low. Right. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? It's, 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 it's going to be an amazing game. And, you know, three, four years down the line when it drops down to, you know, once it's released three, four years yeah. from then, when it drops down, we'll, we might buy it. Yeah. Uh, we we all got GTA Five. I think when it was at fifteen bucks on Steam right. sales, and, and now they uh, now Epic Game Store just put it up for free as their free game. Now it was yeah. just free. It's a limited free though, right? I don't know. It's not a download, and you own it for good forever. Yeah, that I'm not sure. Like a free weekend deal or something. It's always scary when they go and put some of these games up for free online games because then you get all these noobs. You know what I'm saying? They just come in and <laughs> well, let's be real. That's what, what we are. Doing. <laughs> that, hey, that's we're what getting, we are. We are getting better. I yeah. have a business. I have a nightclub and I have <laughs> an office in uh, May's Bank along with a warehouse where I'm running stolen goods. Yeah, you know, I got it going yeah. on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, and you think about all that you're doing there and how open world it is, and you know you can do mm-hmm. all this stuff. And now think back to when you, when the, like the, the feeling of awe and wonder you had when you first saw the Nintendo after going from, like you said, your Atari 2600. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, can you imagine if you would have been able to show your 14 year old self GTA 5? Like, <laughs> can you imagine just your head would have exploded? I wouldn't have believed it was a game for one. I would right. think it was real life. Yeah. Most definitely. It's, it's crazy. I mean, technology just keeps going and going, and it's great for gaming. Yeah. Now, the Atari 2600 was a phenomenon when it was released because it was so arcade perfect at that time, or very close. It was like, own the arcade at home. 
the NES, exact same thing. Once that system came out there, you know, some of the commercials were like, play your greatest arcade hits at home. And they were mm -hmm. way closer than what the Atari ones were at the time. Oh, Pac-Man was atrocious. That was, <laughs> that was a travesty there. Right. Uh, but the NES, you were getting those arcade games and they were looking pretty dang good. Now, yeah. the system wasn't super powerful. There were other systems that were, you know, more powerful, like the Sega Master System, mm -hmm. which Dave goes, well, it's a Master System. It's got to be the best. <laughs> but it actually, in all respects, if you just took a look at its uh, tech list, right. side by side with the NES, it beat it in every single attribute. That doesn't matter. The NES is where it was back there in the early 80s, mid 80s, I should say. That system had all of the third parties. It was easy to program for. There were so many companies that were actually programmed for it because it it just it worked. It was easy. It was simple. And the games were fantastic. And speaking of games, right. we're going to talk about that U.S. launch lineup, uh -huh. but we need to take a quick break. Will you be the one to witness the birth of the incredible Nintendo Entertainment System? The one to play with Rob, the extraordinary video robot, batteries not included. He helps you tackle even the toughest challenge. Will you be the first to raise the incredibly accurate Zapper and play games like Duck Hunt or action-packed Hogan's Alley and high-flying Kung Fu, each sold separately? Will you be the one to experience the Nintendo Entertainment System? Comes with Rob, Zapper, Control Deck, Two Controllers, Gyromite, and Duck Hunt. All right, everybody, and we're back here. Hey, uh, Dave, I got to ask you here. Now yeah. that uh, the commercial we just played there, that was one of the actual commercials from the launch, right? Explaining the, the system because a lot of you know a lot of parents didn't know what video games were at that time. Sure. Kids kind of did, but this is the first time there was no internet back then, right? And there there were some video game magazines, but they weren't well. I was gonna say prevalent as they are today, but magazines sure. are kind of dead today. So <laughs> right. I guess as well, prevalent was, as they were in the nineties, I should say. Right. I mean, it was mostly arcade games that people knew, other than the Atari, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, people were going to the arcade and playing pinball still. I would still play pinball today. I well, love pinball certainly. games. They're, Nothing they're wrong great. with pinball. Yeah. Now, I remember this commercial. I remember all the NES commercials because mm -hmm. you're going to laugh at me. Don't laugh at me, Dave, but you're going to laugh at me. <laughs> so we had a VCR, top loading VCR. My parents you paid like didn't. Five. They did. And it was like $500. I'm not even kidding. No, that's not. I, you weren't recording these commercials off the television, were you? I was. I Are would wait kidding? for the commercials to start. <laughs> I would have my fingers on uh, the play and the record all yeah. ready to go and as soon as i saw a nintendo commercial come on i would record it oh man i d i did this for the nes and i did it for the sega genesis <laughs> I, I know i'm a geek i'm a nerd but besides the sears catalog the right. christmas catalog yeah i really didn't get to see anything about the games. so yeah i used true. the commercials and i got to see today this is right. the same as today. We go into YouTube and type in Grand Theft Auto gameplay or review, and we sure. want to see what it's like. Or jump on so Twitch a, or something, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the same exact thing, but it was I, what I had available to me at the time. I've got to say, I wish you still had a copy of like your, your whole master recordings with all the different <laughs> commercials you recorded. Can you imagine how fun that'd yeah. be just to like... It's like a giant mixtape of all the original yep. NES commercials. It, it would be amazing to, yeah. to go back, but I mean, I... 
just like everybody, I mean, once DVD came out, I, I sold, <laughs> I threw out all of my VHS tapes that I recorded. I sold right. movies that I had purchased because I'm not going to take that with me. Sure. And when Blu-ray came out, I got rid of all the DVD stuff. And then I never used Blu-ray because a uh, little, little story. I think I told this back on the Digital Suit podcast way back when, mm-hmm. but uh, Blu-ray was prevalent, came out. I upgraded to that and not, I bought one movie for it because like a month later, streaming started kicking off (laughs) and it was like, why would I be buying these when I can subscribe to Netflix and, you know, just stream it there? Yeah. I I own a few Blu-rays, but not many. Uh, Same boat. I'm, I'm very much, you know, whether it be music or game, uh, not games, music or movies. I, you know, Spotify and Netflix, uh, you know, Hulu, mm-hmm. stuff like that. They're my friends. Disney plus good stuff. Well, I thought you were a big HD DVD guy. <laughs> That's who you backed. <laughs> it's funny because when that happened, I'm trying to remember the movie, but I did, there was about three of them I bought because it was looking like that's the way things were going to go. And I think the PC I had at that time had the HD DVD. Oh, drive. did it? Yep. Had you drive in it? And so I started it, buying those and Blu-ray quickly took over and I was like, well, this sucks. <laughs> well, geez, I wondered now, now HD DVD was backed by Microsoft. Yeah. So I'm wondering which, because Microsoft didn't make hardware back then. No. Uh, besides mice and keyboards. So I wonder what company I, actually produced uh, a computer that had an HD DVD drive. I'm not sure if it was an Acer machine I had or if it was something else. I, yeah, I can't remember because I know I didn't have a separate player. I didn't buy an HD DVD player or mm-hmm. a Blu-ray, standalone Blu-ray player either. The only Blu-ray player I have to this day is, well, now my PC and then uh, my PS3 still. What's in the PS4? That's what I have. I have a PS4 that's and Blu-ray. an Xbox 360 yep. that's Blu-ray. And I think 360 might just be DVD. I think so. I'm not 100% sure there. I think so because I think... Uh, What's the, the, whatever the current gen Xbox is, I think you, you could get the Blu-ray, but it was an add-on or something. I remember there was one console and it might've been the original Xbox It had DVD, but then could you get an HD DVD add-on expansion to it? I'd have to look that up. But again, this is a Nintendo show here and we just keep going up, but we're lovers of games. So what are we going to do? Well, that, that commercial, I I do want to say. I, I don't remember ever really seeing it because I really don't recall much about that robot. Oh, I, I know it was there. I, I know <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, I know I've seen it around, but I didn't realize it was part of their big launch. It was dumb. Yeah, it looked <laughs> we like had it. We had the one game. Well, there was like three. I think there's only like three games that were made yeah. for it uh, over its run. But we had the packing game Gyromite, and it was like... It was just so frustrating that we wouldn't even use a robot. We would just stack them and the game would register them. We would just stack them without it and cheat, you know. You know yeah, got to find the cheat codes. That's that's right yep. up your alley. <laughs> yeah, I don't cheat. What are you talking about? <laughs> so there was one thing in that commercial, though, and I just I, I wanted to slap that kid so hard. Did you see how he was holding his NES controller and how he was hitting oh, the buttons. Yes, like with his index fingers and goofy. yeah, it was it was the the claws from the bottom instead of holding it on yeah. the sides yeah. w- and using your thumb, he was hold clawing it from yeah, the bottom and the using bottom. his yeah. yeah. It's like come on, dude, yeah. it's not how you play. anybody Anybody out there who plays in a, you know a game like that, they just need to be slapped. Slap that controller. Out of <laughs> <head>. <laughs> I, I've got a question for you though. When you got yours. 
mm-hmm. your your light gun, you know, yes. the, the zapper. <laughs> did uh-huh. was yours the gray, the standard gray? Oh my goodness. Um I think so. I think they did orange later runs. Yeah, because the- mine was the orange. And I still have it. Like my, it, it's all hooked up. It still functions. It's out at my parents' Dang. place. My nephew. Well, not on an LCD. That only work on a CRT. Yeah, he's got an old CRT that he keeps in his bedroom. That he has got that in the Super Nintendo and uh, the Dreamcast all hooked up. He's got a little retro gaming corner. Yeah, that, yep. that's they're awesome. all my systems, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my. My kids are not very retro. Uh-huh. If anybody has followed me on the Digital Suit Podcast, I do have three daughters, uh, ages 12, 10, and 8, mm-hmm. almost 8. The 21st, she'll turn 8. And they, they're more into modern games. They play the uh, Fortnite all the time and some of the other newer ones. Like, Well, one is one that they do like is all remade games, I guess. I have on the PS4, I have the Crash uh, Team Racing which oh. is just an update, you know, a re yeah. what do you want to call it, a remake of the older one. Remastered, and, yeah. Yep. And then the Crash games. I have that Crash Insanity sure. pack and they've been playing that uh here and there. Huh. The 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 most classic my kids get is my 7-year-old who's almost 8. Mm-hmm. She started to play via emulation. <laughs> no, but uh She's been playing some Animal Crossing on the GameCube. Yeah. The whole reason is because on her phone, we gave her an iPhone 6 that she just plays with. It's not activated or anything. She was playing the Animal Crossing, what was it called, Pocket Town or something like that. that. And she was enjoying it. I said, oh, you got to check out the real thing. (laughs) (laughs) She does enjoy it. I haven't played it. I played the one on the phone a bit mm-hmm. and i was like eh, it's fine but yeah, i just nothing I, yeah i i remember i never really played the actual game it never it wasn't my kind of thing you know looking at it but i remember on the gamecube i think it was your mom played it a ton oh my mom loved that game she would play it ad nauseum i mean literally right. all day long yep. she was a housewife and she's older she's you mm-hmm. know at that point she was in her 50s i believe uh, but it was just something she liked to do. And, you know, right. she's she's been a gamer my whole life. Uh, of course, I'm the one that introduced her to him, and she would play mm-hmm. uh, back in the Atari 2600 days. Sure. Uh, actually, I'm not even joking you. My brother and I would go to bed, and my mom <laughs> and dad would stay up and play Frogger. Oh, that's and hilarious. That was the only game they played on the Atari 2600 was Frogger. But, that's awesome. Yeah, they would stay up and play that. But, <laughs> hey, let's take a look at this launch lineup here. Yeah. Now, we talk about launch lineups for every console that comes out. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think of what, what console was rated the best. I think the Xbox original had one of the strongest, uh, and this is well, rated o- online of four launch titles. I'd believe it because you had, um, there was Halo, which was yep. bonkers good. And then you had, uh, I know Madden dropped at launch. You had there was a racing game that was I don't know if it was Gran Turismo or if it was yes. one like that. Um, oh no, Project Gotham Racing. Project Gotham that was really well rated. I mean there was there was a good handful of super super good games okay. that dropped. I just pulled the list up here real fast so we yeah. don't have to just guess on it. Sure. Uh, oh, Odd World Munch's oh, Odyssey. Odyssey. That was a great game. Yeah, yeah. Fusion Frenzy. Mm-hmm. Which did you have that one? If I remember right, uh, I didn't get it at launch, but I think I did get it afterwards. Yeah, uh, Halo uh, Combat Evolved, mm-hmm. Dead or Alive Three. Oh yeah, Project yeah. Gotham Racing, 
fighting boobs yeah that's right yeah they were all <laughs> very highly rated too uh -huh. they got some great scores blood wake which looks like it's a twisted metal on water is how they're describing it i actually don't know if i played that i i vaguely remember that but i don't think i owned it and boy that's you know i'd seen a list earlier and mm -hmm. uh maybe i'll throw that out in the show notes the actual list but sure. those are uh some some great games there and mm -hmm. it's for the nes though you want to talk about some great games? Now, you're going to laugh because some of these are so rudimentary right. you know, compared to nowadays, but oh my gosh, did I love them. Well, compared to uh, even a year into the system, you mm -hmm. know, when you look at year two of the NES. <laughs> yeah, they did advance. Yeah, I mean, even if you look six months in the future, you know, get into 86, 86 had some massive titles drop. Here's one of the things when I got the, I'm just going to jump ahead here, but yep. when the Sega Genesis was uh, being promoted, you know, uh -huh. prior to 89's release, mm -hmm. you know, I was, uh, I, th I think I actually had Electronic Gaming Monthly at that time. I think the first issue had come out in the same year, I think the Genesis was released. I think it was 89 or maybe it was 88. Sure. Uh, but uh, I got to start seeing those pictures and I'd see those commercials and record those commercials. <laughs> right. And the the graphics were just phenomenal on the Sega Genesis compared to uh, the NES. This was a huge leap. Yeah. But those last years of the Super Nintendo, they released a game called, you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Mega Man 2. Yeah, that game was phenomenal for several reasons, but one of them was it created this idea of why would you need the Sega Genesis when you're seeing this? The sprites they had sprites. The characters were over half the screen high. Some of those uh, bad guys that you were fighting. Yeah, yeah. And that was something that uh, Sega was touting at the time that it could have way bigger sprites and all this kind of stuff. And those later games really did show some just fan Super Mario 3. Oh, the depth, oh, yeah. the graphics, just everything about that game were amazing. Right. But let's get back to this list here. Now, we're <laughs> yeah. going to do this in alphabetical order, and okay. I have played every single one of these, and hopefully Dave has too, but for football, man, 10-yard fight. Yep. That was great. You just did not have a football game that right. looked like this, and again, right. it looks horrible today, but it was now, fantastic. How long with ten yard fight not to derail us? It wasn't too long after that that the first Tecmo Bowl came out, though. Probably not. I mean, a Tecmo Bowl was oh my gosh. See, that I loved. Was I was a Tecmo Bowl guy. Yeah. Well, it had the NFL license. The right. Ten yard fight didn't. Right. This that was the first game I can think of that actually had a real professional license and you had the real players yeah and nothing felt cooler than to see that name pop out there when they would get the touchdown or the interception yeah or you know the first down and it would of course it didn't look anything like the players but their names and right their names right that was just amazing well and actually looking at it uh tecmo bowl the the arcade game came out in 87 the the original nes port of that wasn't until 89 Okay, the, year and, the Genesis launched. Okay. Yeah, and so the the most popular version of the game was Tecmo Super Bowl, which actually came out in 91. Yep. And I had that one too. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we 
we just played that to death. That's the one I believe that is, uh, I could be wrong on this, but it might be the one that's included on the NES Classic Mini. I, I know there's a Tecmo Bowl on there. I played a ton of it, and I just can't remember if it's Tecmo Super Bowl or just Tecmo Bowl off the top of my head. But, All right. Yeah. Well, the next uh, one is also a sports game, and it mm-hmm. was baseball. Just called baseball. That's it. Yeah. Just baseball. Clever and I titles. remember the sound effects for this game and everything because I played this so much. And it yeah. was like, uh, the, the game was very, oh, how, how can you describe this? Uh, well, you didn't control it that well. You could throw to the bases. Mm-hmm. You could tap a button to make your little uh, runner run a little bit faster. Right. And you you could move your uh, the fielders a little bit, but not a whole lot. Right. But I remember you had full control over the swing. You could choose a few different pitches, and you'd hit the button, and it would just do it. There was no, like, aftertouch and all that kind of stuff that oh, you have sure, nowadays. Oh, sure, sure. Um, but I remember um, the ball as it was pitched, it would go as it came down, <laughs> yeah. and then then when you'd hit it, it'd be like, yeah, like as you hear it going higher and higher and higher and yeah. coming down back. Down. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was it was so much fun, and it was the first. Oh, I'm trying to think, was it the first two player game simultaneous? I should say, of course, Mario was two players, but right. simultaneous two player game that I played. I think it was, and that was so much fun because mm-hmm. both of us could play on the same screen, and that's. You don't think about that, but I'm thinking right. back to the Atari 2600, and I don't think there was any two simultaneous. Well, well yeah, Pong, wasn't Pong and Combat. Yeah, yeah, some of those two. tank games. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that now. So I was just completely lying, but <laughs> but it was fun. I mean, it was it was so great. There was no license. There was uh-huh. no authentic stadiums. Um, there, I believe there was a seventh and in stretch like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just a little bit like that, but sure. You know, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So now let's jump into the next one, and it's a puzzler, Clue Clue Land. Yeah, I don't remember that one. I enjoyed it a lot, and it reminds you a lot of a game that came out later, and I think they had four sequels for it, and I think I had the first two, The Adventures of Lolo. Yeah, and I, I Dave's like, it. what the No, I, I remember oh, you, seeing it. I think we rented it maybe at one point, but I, I never spent much time with that one. Okay. Well, puzzlers, I mean, I enjoyed a good puzzler on the mm-hmm. NES. Every system I have, except nowadays, yeah. it's like I don't have time for puzzlers. I don't want a puzzler. <laughs> I want some action. Yeah, I'm right. old. I'm going to die soon. I want some action. You know what I'm <laughs> uh, but Clue Clue Land was fun. had a weird name. I think it probably turned off a lot of people. I uh-huh. don't even know what the sales were on it, but I bet you it wasn't that high. Yeah. Definitely like some of the other ones. Now, the next one is Dave's. Dave, tell us what that one is because this is right up your alley. Well, Duck Hunt. And this this, <laughs> this is the game. I mean, I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. But this was the game that helped me convince my parents to get this system for me. Oh, well, not for <laughs> me, your dad but for wanted our family. To play, yeah, right? I, I, conv- <laughs> I, I worked on my dad. I knew he was a tougher nut to crack because it's just a silly video game. And mm-hmm. showing him this... I was I was able to be like, look, we could sit right here and shoot ducks. You know, it could be fun. Could be fun. Let's try. And I mean, keep in mind, this was like '86, so I was like eight years old, convincing yeah. my dad. And and yeah, they a forty-year-old app- or a thirty-year-old. Well, he was. <laughs> he, yeah, he was. What would he have been? He was probably not even thirty yet. He was late twenties. Ah, um, okay. Yeah, he, they had me when I was. Not everybody has kids as late as I do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He, yeah, he was, him and my mom were 21 when they had me. So, yeah, they would have only been like 28, 29 years old by the time we got this thing. But I was able to convince them based on Duck Hunt. <laughs> I, I remember I played a ton of this. And, of course, mm-hmm. 
everybody knows how you could cheat at it, right? Mm-hmm. There was a certain spot on the screen, at least we had found it. I don't know if it has to do with a specific television or whatnot, but no matter where you shot, you know, you didn't have to aim at anything. It would always register as a hit. Uh, so we, we found that spot and we would just sit there, boom, and then yeah. boom. One hit shots because you didn't have to aim. You just boom and you get it. Right. Uh, but this was amazing. This was something you could not do at home prior to this. Right. Uh, a gun attachment and it didn't make me feel like a hunter, but it made no. me feel like I was at like a, a fair and you're doing those shooting games. Yep. And it was just a lot of fun at home, especially when we get to one of the other ones a little bit down the list, yep. which really felt like that. Right. But yeah, this this was great fun. Well, we all, you know, shot the dog. You had to shoot the dog. Yeah. I remember my dad, like duck hunt I mean, he'd hunt the ducks, but he'd also go into that remember the clay pigeon shooting mode, the target. Yes. Mode? Oh yeah. We used to do that yeah. too, the target And he'd go in there and I remember at one point, I mean, we had the system for I don't know, a month, month and a half, and I remember getting so disgusted and just like he was hogging the machine. He literally rolled the score so high it it rolled over to zero, and started. <laughs> he just kept going until he finally just got bored with it. Like he was good. I mean, I don't think he quite. I was never that good. <laughs> yeah, he was. Well, you know, I grew up in a family of hunters and outdoorsmen, so he's a good shot, anyways. But yeah, he just naturally like he just played it and loved it, and he he'd just sit there and keep shooting. Yeah, he rolled that score over, and I was like, that's it. I'm going outside to play. This is dumb. i can imagine now hey this next game this classic i would almost say that this was what's what's the terminology i'm trying to find it was uh not a silent hit but a uh a sleeper a sleeper yeah a sleeper hit because this game was not something that we saw in the, oh, we got to go get this game. It just, it was one of those purchases like, hey, this looks cool. It's a, yeah. it's a motorbike game. Like, this was definitely this a, a multiple rental game for me. I mean, we used to rent this one <laughs> quite often. Was there anything better than, there's two aspects to this game that was amazing. First, it was, you know, trying to see how far you could get if you could finish each board. Right. Doing the jumps, the wheelies. Don't do too much of a wheelie or you're going to flip over. <laughs> yeah. You had to land it just right. But then who had the most fun just making boards for other people, trying to right. make the hardest boards you could. Right. And this was one of the first games I could ever think of that allowed you to actually create boards. Right. And people got to play them. It just, oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. And uh, the N64 one, Excitebot 64, I really never played. I um, Yeah, I didn't play it much. They, they went with a more realistic. I mean, at that time, you had the... the um, motocross influence where they were getting more advanced with stuff and focus went more on to doing tricks and stuff like that and nah, i just never got into it yeah this is a great game if anybody wants to go back and and play some of some of the launch titles that we're talking about here this mm-hmm. is definitely i would recommend this is one of the top ones yep because it is so much fun you will love this game but the motorcycle sound i will say on replay <laughs> yeah. as far as today it gets a little annoying in today's day and age. When you do crash and you start, you know, rolling, it's like... <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. All right, what's the next game there, Dave? Got golf. Simple, straightforward <laughs> golf. That's just, I love the titles on this system. Right. It's like, they, you know, you look at these titles, most of them. I, Clue Clue Land so far stands out like you, you wonder who named that when you look at the rest <laughs> yeah. of these because... Oh, football. I'm surprised they didn't just name it football. Instead, they went with 10-yard fight and then baseball. Duck hunt. Mm-hmm. 
golf. I mean, it's like they're so literal, their titles. And I wonder why that was. I wonder if that's just because of the infancy of gaming and to explain it to what the game is for parents because yep. maybe they just wouldn't understand Ninja Gaiden at the time, which came a little bit later. What's a Ninja Gaiden? But I know what baseball is. <laughs> yeah, you, and you look at some of the later titles, and they definitely got more into gaming titles as we know them now. But that's probably mm-hmm. all it was, was, hey, here you go. We've got these fun American sports games on here for you. You can play. You know, baseball is popular. Golf, you know, football, ooh, 10-yard fight. That's, you know, <laughs> that sounds good. This system started my love of sports games, I would yep. say. It was the genesis that bred it into me that really I went hardcore with. But, of course, I had every sports game. I even had the 10. Oh, tennis is on here. Yep. Oh, is there a sports game I didn't have on here? Oh, I had, uh, of course, it wasn't a launch title, but uh, do you remember Double Dribble? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And how it started. Double Dribble. Yeah. I, you know, I used to rent that game a lot, and every time I'd return it and think, man, I hate that game. (laughs) I I just did not like Double Dribble. I don't know why. It was the only decent basketball game, so yeah, I played a ton of it. Absolutely. It was the only real option you had, but I just, I could not find a way to love it. Now, golf, it was a fun game. It was mm-hmm. simple. It had the Mario characters yep. in it. Um, and it it was just fun. I mean, yeah. what can you say about golf? I mean, there's not a whole lot you yeah. can say about golf. They just got prettier and prettier as it went on and better controls and right. stuff. But golf's golf. <laughs> Until you get up to games like Hot Shots Golf where they did something a little different. Oh, with those it. were great. Yeah, some yeah, of those kinds exactly. of games, then they, then they went. But now you look, even now, Tiger Woods, well, he's not the sponsor anymore, but no. PGA Golf, Tiger Woods Golf was huge. Yeah. And- well, did you see PGA Golf 20... 20- 21 it's now a uh, 2k game oh really they have the pga license and they're coming out with 2021 nice it's like i don't think it's called pga tour though i think that's still ea's type okay that's probably their verbiage there but yeah so they have the pga license now and they're bringing out a golf game well i might have to check it out who knows all right, now this next game, uh, not going to spend too much time on it. It's that Gyromite uh, yeah. where you needed Gyromite. And, oh, different. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just not you know, that good a game. Uh, go ahead and tell us what that next one is, David, because it goes with the last one you did. Or yep, this game. is another one I did own, spent many hours playing, and that is Hogan's Alley, another light zapper title. You know, the gun How title. mad did you get when you'd shoot the girl? It's oh. like, oh man, bad guy, bad. Guy. Yeah, I'm doing. Look at, oh, what paper? I shot a paper boy. What right. Yeah, and it happened? just, yeah, you'd be going forever, <laughs> and then just, yeah, something stupid would happen, and it, you know, the whole concept of it being where you're basically on a police training course, and they're just, you know, you're you're just shooting the pop ups and the things that come out as you're yeah. as a training. Very brilliant way to get around the violence, you know, and, and it, yeah. uh, there really was. There's no story. You know, there, there's you just level after level. That's all it was. They come faster. They they spin around. They they try and trick you even more by putting the, you know, villains amongst the, the happy citizens or whatever. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's just blind. Like there's no story. There's no reason to be doing what you're doing. You're just shooting. It was a fun game. It was a great launch title. It, it really showed off. What the system could do, because granted, it was basically it was a flat sprite because it was yep. like you said, it was 
the graphics were really good. I mean, the, the faces yeah. were good at the time. It was really right. good. Uh, so, I, I mean, it looked looked good for, you know, people who were just seeing it in passing that didn't play it. Because right. back in the NES days, this is when you went to Kmart and you played it <laughs> there. Yeah. They yeah. always had them demoed. They, they still have them demoed here, you know, of sure. course, at Walmart and stuff. But Kmart, got to say Kmart. Right. Well, and this is a title <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I remember those. Hogan's Alley for me is a title that I always felt like I played it a ton, but my friends back in at that time, at that age, when I'd tell them about this game, they all looked at me like I was crazy, like they it was some weird game they had never heard of, which was weird because it was a pretty, you know, it was a launch title. And it was a pretty big title. We didn't yeah. get it at launch. My We got it, you know, after. Well, obviously, we didn't even get our system at launch, but we got it sometime yeah. after we got our system, and so I'm sure it was on massive sale or something, and, you know, parents just got mm -hmm. it for us or whatever. But, yeah, I, I put a lot of time into that game. Well, when my parents bought us the system, uh, like I said, I think it was probably a year after it launched, mm -hmm. they only bought us one game. Well, they didn't buy us any games. It was a pack-in game. Right. And, of course, it was Super Mario Brothers, and that's all you needed. Yep. Mario <laughs> and Duck Hunt I had, you know, was the... the oh, you got the... The that, split the bigger pack. Yeah. See, combo we didn't get the, the gun until later. Oh we, yeah. I don't know how. I don't know how we talked him into getting the gun and the robot. Yeah. I honestly don't understand how we <laughs> talked him into that. Yeah. The the but, pack we got there was no robot. It was just the the orange gun, the two controllers, and then it had the Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt combo cartridge. Well, the next game is uh, another one of those sleeper hits. I'm going to go with that mm -hmm. because I love this game. It was so much fun. It was called Ice Climber. Yeah. And it was one of those games where you just got to go from the bottom of the screen to the top. And yep. there was a lot of them in this day and age. Sure. But it, it was so much fun. And the surfaces that you would get on because it was ice, you, you know, you'd have to be more precise in your jumping and stuff because mm -hmm. you'd slide a little bit. And right. It was, it was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Think of it like Donkey Kong with ice. but <laughs> Right. I thought if I remember right, there was penguins that would be walking around, and you had to, you, you didn't want them to touch you. Instead You'd of have barrels, to jump over yeah, them. yeah, yep. and it was it was a lot of fun. Yep, I enjoyed it. And the next game, another great game, and it's like, wow, I feel like a ninja. No, was this an arcade port? Uh, it was. I'd never played it in the arcade until way later. I think I yeah. finally I went into arcade and there it was. See, I, that's why I was pretty sure because I remember playing this game in the arcade all the time. It was at our local uh, roller rink, you know, roller skating <laughs> rink. And I used to put just dump quarters in and play Kung Fu all day long in there. But I didn't play it on the NES back in the day. Now, I know you like to say that I cheat with games and stuff, but I, I had purchased a controller yeah. called the NES Cheater. Max. I loved this controller. This had, instead of a directional uh, you know, cross pad like yep. the, the standard controller, it had a disc. Yep. Now, it still moved up, down, left, right, mm -hmm. and you could get some angles on it and stuff. And the edges were round yep. instead of that hard, you know, corners that would go into your sides. Yep. But the big thing was it had standard A and B buttons. Mm -hmm. And then right below it, it had, um, uh, like, what do you want to call them? Like button buttons, like, um, mm -hmm. like a candy button buttons, little two little ones. Right. And they were turbo A and turbo B. Right. And for Kung Fu, oh, I would love that because I would just hit the turbo button that controlled the leg sweep, <laughs> yeah. and I would just be going, and anything yeah. coming at me was, cheater, <laughs> cheater, and cheater. I, I use that all the time on, uh, which isn't in this list, but uh, yeah. 
uh, what was it called? Uh, track and field. Oh, sure, sure. Oh, man, I would beat everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, Every race I'd win. Yeah. I'd always uh, do the farthest in the long jump. I, I don't know why. That's a so game. Good. Yeah, track and field is one I remember playing a lot, too. We rented it a lot. And I, another one where I'd return it and feel like, that oh, was all right, but I really don't like this game that much. Mm. So Dave's like, I rent this game over and over, and every time I turn it back, I just didn't like it. Well, I kept trying, and I'd, I'd see how far I could get, and try to you know do different things. But eventually, mm -hmm. you'd you'd get bored with any you know the other options at the rental store, so you'd be like, oh, I'll try that one again, I guess. You just want to rent something different than the few you owned at home. So, well, the next game we talked about it earlier, yeah. and we both enjoy the real life version of this. Yeah, yeah. but it's pinball and. Right. I believe that this was probably one I rented. I know I played it, and mm -hmm. I played it a lot, but I don't think we had bought no. this one. Did you uh, play this pinball game? Yep, I remember, again, rentals, but I we never we never bought this one. To me, it was always okay. one that was kind of fun just to mess around with, but nothing I wanted to sink a lot of time into because I'd rather play the real machines. Yeah. Kind of like playing and Solitaire it on a, you know early PC or something. <laughs> That's how it felt to me. Oh man, I remember my mother used to do that all the time. <laughs> my dad she still loved does. Solitaire. My dad still <laughs> plays Solitaire on his phone and his iPad. He loves it. <laughs> Not me, man. If I play a card game, it'll have be something like uh, Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, if, if I play a card um, game, it's fifty-two card pickup, and I throw a deck of cards, you know, at my kids. <laughs> here, pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this next game here, I believe this was another one of Rob's games. I don't remember um, it. I, I never played it. Yeah. If I remember right, it's just like the title says, stack up. You just yeah. tried to see how high you could stack something. Weird. And yeah, I, I never really played it. But, you know, mm. that's not important. What's important is the next title, Dave. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers. Everyone. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I remember before I got this 8-bit Nintendo, yep. I was playing Mario Brothers in the arcade right. at our local bowling alley. Yeah. And I could not... I, I was enthralled by this game because I'd never seen a side-scrolling adventure game that looked like this. Mm -hmm. This was blowing my mind in the arcade. And then when I saw that this was coming for the nintendo i'm like oh i want that so bad and like i said i don't think we got it till 86 was when we got the system but oh it was so amazing it was so close to that arcade i yep. actually think it was the the same game because i know they used to have those play tens yeah where it actually was nes games in the arcade oh yeah yeah so it might have been one of those. this is one out of this entire list so far like when you hear it or you see the title even, you can hear it. Like, you're you're remembering the music. You can hear the yeah. sound of his jump. You know the sound of everything makes. You know, you, you just, you you hear it. Most first underground, First underground level. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Oh, and I always hated hear this. <laughs> I didn't do that right, but when it speeds up, <laughs> yeah. when you're almost out of time. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, this game was this sold this system even oh, though it was yeah. free. This that when they packed this in, they just flew off the shelf. Oh yeah, this this game was just amazing. Mm. There had never been a side-scrolling game on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. We did have a couple of them. We had Pitfall. Yep, and we had a, a game called Jungle Hunt. Okay, uh, similar you know side-scrolling you know adventure type games, but very rudimentary. Where this was, the, I mean, this was deep. You even right. had 
cheat pipes where you can yeah, skip ahead tubes. to different levels. Yeah. yeah. It's just How, how long did you play they... the game before you started discovering some of that stuff? Oh, it was quite a while. It was probably until I started getting video game magazines, which was probably like 88 right. or so. Yeah, because it's not like it was... Cheats. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. obvious, you know. But talk about a game that was... You know, it's super predictable. Everything's in the same spot every time. But super replayable. Like You can go back and still, to this day, you'll jump in and it'll be like, oh yeah, I remember this. There's a thing yep. here. I got to jump there. There's a you know mushroom over here. You know, hidden up here is other thing. You know, you just remember stuff. One of the things that I remember about this game and uh, any of the other sequels, no, specifically just this one, is I detested with all of my 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 gut, my my heart, my mind. I just I hate the water levels. I <laughs> yeah. hate swimming. I hated that. Yeah. I just wanted side-scrolling platform jumping. I did not want to swim and dodge fishies <laughs> and all this stuff. I the, hated that. Well, the part best the for me was, I, if I remember right, maybe I'm maybe I'm mixing it up with another game, but isn't there in some of the underwater levels, isn't there still the spinning fireball? <laughs> yeah, things. there was. <laughs> so it, that that to me was always the the part that I was like, what is going on here? We're underwater. How is that fireball burning? You know, or you could you'd still get the the flower power up and be able to throw fireballs underwater. It's like, well, come on here now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at that age, I mean, like I said, I was about eight years old. Man, there was nothing. You got to suspend. Uh, you got to suspend reality to have fun, though, Dave. Ah, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and pause this episode now at this point because we've already crested the one hour mark, and we still have so much more to talk about here. We will pick this up next week, so definitely stay tuned. But before we sign off, Dave. Where can listeners hear some more of your sweet, sweet voice? Well, easiest place, and I finally got it all linked up. You can head over to FadedWordsPod.com. That'll bring you to the Faded Words Podcast website where you'll find all the episodes and stories and author interviews and stuff that I'm doing there. If you want to check out the photo work side of things or any of the the writing type stuff, uh, you can head to UsuallyDave.com. Perfect. Thanks so much. And again, like to thank you for joining us. And I want to throw this back on over to Francine. Uh, tell everybody how they can follow the show. All right. If you want to follow the antics of these gaming geeks, then be sure to head over to geeklyspeaking.com for great articles, reviews, and a building gaming community. You can also follow them on Twitter at Speaking Geekly and Instagram at Geekly Speaking. So until next time, it's unfortunately game over. Mm, this was the Geekly Speaking Podcast.